Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos actually invented patisserie? That's right. Uh, it wouldn't exist in France except that armadillos colonized France in the early 10th century. In fact, the word croissant is French for little armadillo. Uh, and the, in fact, the hats that bakers wear are actually uh, to represent the armadillo that would sit on the French person's head and tell them what they were doing when they were baking. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> That's a lot of facts. Yeah. <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early and learn more about our other podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy-Warty, Hogwarts. Hello there, you're listening to... (laughs) (laughs) Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. We're not reading them anymore. We read them. We have read that, yes, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. Did you say reading or did you say reading? I don't fucking know. (laughs) It's late. I'm tired. I'm old. Um, I am Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be reviewing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, the movie. Previously, Harry death marches to Voldemort, who yet again fails to death him. In fact, this time he manages to kill his own soul. So that's so, pretty high up on his list of fuck-ups. So Harry's death remains uneaten. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> uh, but Harry plays dead just long enough to rile up his buddies. And it's all downhill from there. Death Eaters start dropping like flies. And Harry finally reveals he's still not dead. Voldemort accidentally kills himself, so the legend of Harry Potter lives on. And then we fast forward a bit. Uh, Harry bones Ginny and Ron bones Hermione. The end. Right. Yep. Yeah, there's some other boning, but it's unremarkable. I mean, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the important boning. I think it's the, one, the boning everyone was really into. So, And we got the famous line, it's the boy who lived. He lived. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> he relived. That boy. He lived. <laughs> he just never stopped living. Right. Yeah, so this movie... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I thought this was going to be the worst movie I'd ever seen. Yeah. And it was not. Hey. It was among the worst movies I've ever seen. But, you know, I've seen a lot worse. I would... Okay, I know we'll, we'll talk about this at the end, but I, I didn't hate this movie. Like, I, I, I... As we've gone through each of these movies, it occurs to me that I remember almost nothing about them. And that was also true of this movie. However, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I actually would say that, too. I didn't hate it. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. It yeah. was boring in places but not as boring as the book was and there were some good scenes i i genuinely liked some of those action scenes they were solid yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that maybe more so than any of the other books they sorry any of the other movies they followed the book pretty pretty uh truly right like it seemed not everything was in there but like beat by beat it seemed like they kind of stuck to the book pretty pretty well compared to the other movies yeah, they glossed over some of the more complex ideas, but we still got it. Yeah, they stuck to the basics, I think. I think yeah. they did a good job. Yeah, maybe one of the things we talked about with the other movies is that if you hadn't read the books, you would have no idea what was going on here. And that was about half true <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. I think you could probably still follow it, although some of the things, like Hedwig dies like right away. Well, she did in the book, too. Uh, well, yeah, but it, it makes, I mean, in the movie, right? If you're not 
if you don't remember the Harry Potter has this owl or whatever, mm-hmm. it just sort of flies in and it's on screen for like half a second and then it dies and Harry's like, oh, I'm sad. And then they never talk about it again. So they should have started in the movie with like a scene where Harry Potter's making out with Hedwig so you know <laughs> how important Hedwig is to Harry Potter. Like in the books. <laughs> like in the books. I'm just disappointed that he didn't get to make her explode like he did in the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Missed opportunity. That would have been some sweet special effects. Exploding mm-hmm. owls. All yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. But it when it got off to a really strong start. But I feel like a lot of the Harry Potter movies do. But remember, like when Snape is going into Malfoy Manor, that looked super cool. Yeah, that was really neat. Yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah, I uh, I think Jeff, it was you who mentioned that. Like now, that's the first time you really feel like okay. Now I see what being a Death Eater is all about. It seems like they're yeah, having that, a good time there. Finally, we see like a nice Death Eater party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would hang out at that table and, and laugh at the Muggles. <laughs> <laughs> or the Muggle Studies teacher, or whatever. Whatever, whatever yeah. muggles on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one disappointment was I liked the magic wizard battle stuff, but in this they made the wands all just guns that shoot bullets. Yeah, that's right. So in previous movies, the spells have had like colors and had, you know, like effects, generally speaking. Yeah. But it, mostly in these wizard fights, it they could have, like you said, they could have just as well been using guns because you hear like a, a pop and then there's like something explodes or something pings. Right. There was a shootout in a diner that looked like it had come out of a, a, one of those 90s action movies. Yeah. And you wouldn't have even known that they could do anything besides just kind of explode things. If they had had the one Death Eater who was like binded yeah. or something, you know, and he could see what was going on, but he couldn't say anything or move. Yeah. So if it hits a person, it paralyzes them. But if it hits a counter, it just destroys it. Apparently. But I, I guess they were just trying to juice up the action a little bit, make it a little bit more readable. Yeah. I, but that I, makes me sad because I like the spells that make bats fly out of your nose, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, I think I think that, well, I bet maybe it was just cheaper to do it that way, honestly. Like, it... it Less effects to to animate if it's just like, oh, can we do some explosions here and there? Right. Uh, but I think it would have tracked a lot better as a wizard fight with more of that little abstract and funny stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought it ended pretty abruptly. Well... I was expecting it to keep going for a while. And it, it is a credit to the movie that I wasn't super bored, ready for it to end. I was like, oh, it's over. And it's pretty scenes. long, right? Two yeah. and a half hours. So it didn't necessarily feel like two and a half hours. There were some parts in there that definitely dragged a little bit, but yeah, like I, yeah, there was about ten minutes there that felt like two and a half hours. But the whole movie altogether did not feel like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. You know, on that subject, I would say that you know we talked about the travel chapters in the book. I think they they actually did the travel chapters better in the in the movie than they did in the books. Like the books just took it a little bit too long with that, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they they were longish in, in uh, the movie, but they still managed to intersperse some like interesting stuff in there. I also appreciated that they didn't... Because remember, they spent a lot of time at Grimmauld Place like, yeah. when they were trying to plan to get into the ministry and everything, and I was totally fine with them leaving that out because it turned out that their, all, their weeks, if not months, of planning was completely worthless. As soon as they got there, like that plan was out the window, so... I was fine with them not using that part, even though I was sad that we didn't get to see Creature becoming nicer. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that, yeah, that didn't we lost Creature's redemption, essentially, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, in the books, it's, I guess, pretty important to their whole, you know, their whole deal. And I guess it comes in at the end. I don't know if they're going to do that with this or not, but mm-hmm. uh, we miss a lot of the characterization of, as a result, we miss a lot of the characterization of Creature because he has, like, in the book, he has, like, a pretty good story, right? His... Mm-hmm. His relationship with uh, was it Regulus, mm-hmm. and uh, and it and it justifies a lot of the kinds of horrible that he is in some ways. 
Right. They didn't bother with that in the movie. They're just like, no, he just sucks. Yeah. In fact, Dobby was brought in uh, to kind of like fix that situation, right? When they cap... So they send... Uh, they send Creature to capture Mundungus Fletch, right. Fletcher. Uh, in the book, it's just him. In the movie, they're like, oh, Dobby is the, really the one who made sure everything went all right. Mm. It was just kind of interesting that, that Dobby was the was the good house elf in this, in place of Creature. I think they probably were guessing that racist Americans wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the elves. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to have them right side by side. Oh, the elves, they, they had a notably different art style. Like Dobby had these big old expressive eyes, like a pug sticking out of his face, and Creature had these little bitty eyes and a kind of a meat face. Yeah, Dobby is supposed to be cute, I guess. I I wonder, and I and I I, I haven't taken the effort to compare them. I wonder if they made it, Dobby's eyes smaller in this movie than others. Because I remember them being really big before. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they. It it wouldn't surprise me because this is a different director, I think. Right. So he, I think he. I think he changed a lot of the same them. guy. Oh, is it? I think the last 50 movies are all the same <laughs> oh, Okay. I, I don't know why I thought they'd changed up the director at some point. Trying to make them look a little more human, I guess. It did feel that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alice, you thought the adaptation was good? I thought it was good. I had no problem with it. I thought they did a good job kind of keeping it going. Um, I think they did a better job explaining some of the complexities of what things were. Like, I felt like you could watch that movie, like you were saying, and have a sense of what was going on, but they didn't, like, really delve super deeply into, like, what a horcrux is and stuff like that, which I just don't feel like is important to know. Yeah, it it feels like half of a story to me, long though it is. You know, there's no climax, really. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, it is, right? It is literally yeah. half. And... and- I'm surprised they did that, though, because to make a better movie, usually you would probably shuffle some events around. Mm-hmm. and uh, To make it have its own kind of climax and conclusion. Right, yeah. I mean, I guess you could you could say that that the, the fight at Malfoy Manor and then, like, the death of Dobby is kind of like a big, like, stinger, right? Like, Yeah, big... I guess it kind of is. But they don't really, that doesn't really, they don't really accomplish anything there except yeah. for escape from peril. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Because they've already destroyed the Horcrux. There's no... There's nothing good that comes out of that. Well, the, the one thing is that Hermione hears Bellatrix let slip that there's something important in her vault, oh, which is it turns right. out to be another Horcrux. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could have maybe played that up where they're like, oh, now we're screwed. And Hermione's like, we're not screwed because I know where the next Horcrux is. Mm-hmm. Credits. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Even though then, wasn't it Harry that figured that out? I forgot. It, I, I'm pretty sure in the book it was Harry who figured it out. It's been literally days since I read that. <laughs> uh, so what was your favorite thing about this movie? I, and I think all of our favorite things probably going to be the same. I was, yeah. was going to say, I suspect that we all completely agree that it, it's... The Three Brothers. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 tale, the little fable of the Three Brothers. Uh, the art was fun. The, the animation was really, was really, really well done. Yeah, you know, it kind of made me think... I, I was blown away by it. It's really good, really expressive, and and kind of that was a really good story in the books, and they made a really cool little animated thing out of it. Didn't feel in place in this movie. No, I was gonna say it feels like it, it's its own thing, and they just kind of like it does. It doesn't match anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's like this puppet show, right? It's three D animated, I think, but this cool puppet show with that that's very expressive, and the and it's not really uh, it's very abstract, right? It's not concrete like the, and it demonstrates the. The attitudes of the different brothers and the Deathly Hallows and 
It's really neat. It was super cool. And like uh, color wise, I think it worked. But yeah, I was it was very jarring for me, even though it was um, Emma Watson's voice narrating it when they went back to the movie. Like it was jarring going from the animation back to that. Especially because that scene was pretty slow. The one with Xenophilius Lovegood. It was extremely slow. And like there's this all of a sudden there's this incredible flight of fancy. And then you go back to these people sort of sitting stiffly in a room talking to each other. Yeah, that actor wasn't very good either. Xenophilia. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, I, even at the wedding, I was like, huh, this guy's really not doing a very good job. You know? Yeah. It was like, well, we wanted to get Jason Isaacs, but he's already Lucius Malfoy and killing it. So I don't know. We'll get this asshole. Who's kind of like a bargain basement. The animated scene made me think, what if this whole movie had been animated? It might've been a lot better. I think that's, that, that would be like, like a, like Coraline style, like kind of. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because there's so much magic, there's so much fantasy that uh, you know they stick these humans in there, and that you have scenes like in the diner where they have have to have a magic shootout, and they can't really do anything except blow up a bunch of blanks and act like it's hard boiled. Yeah. I did miss seeing Hogwarts Castle. Yeah, that's true. In there. Oh yeah, they didn't see it basically at all. Yeah, but I mean they didn't either in the book, so it's true the book. But I still think, oh, I miss Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah. I will say that uh, this is something that I think has been true for the last few movies, that the, the the locations, the sets, the places that they are are pretty pretty nice. Like they, mm-hmm. they're kind of gorgeous. Like the they spent a lot of time in the ministry and the ministry the ministry had like a really interesting style and it like, did, yeah. Um, a lot of black shiny tile and gold art deco y fixtures. You know, yeah. I I've never liked the way the ministry looks. In the movies. Yeah. It doesn't look like a government office at all. And it doesn't look like really a wizardy kind of thing. It's just sort of, honestly, it looks like a a bathroom at a club, right? (laughs) This black tile. You expect washroom everywhere. Yeah. Well, Well, if you're a wizard, the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Literally wherever you are. (laughs) Every room's a restroom if you're a wizard. Well, it was interesting because I think this was the first time I had seen this since I had seen the Fantastic Beasts movies. And I feel like the Fantastic Beasts movies stylistically borrowed very heavily from this, even though they were supposed to have happened like 60 years previously. Mm -hmm. Still the very 20s look. And even like the the Catamull wife who was um, being interrogated, she looked very like 19... More maybe like 1940s, but very like dated. I wonder if this is retro. what I wonder if this is what British government buildings look like. I mean, I've never been inside a British government building. Maybe they are stylish like that. Maybe they do have that kind of design. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's yeah, a good point. Know. It actually really made me think of like um, some of those. The I can't remember which one it is. One of the New York City. Um, I don't know if it was like Bloomingdale's or something like that. It looked a lot like that in a lot of ways. I feel like. Interesting. Yeah. They probably have the same... It's it's probably like a specific like design style, right? Well, it's Art Deco. Art Deco, yeah. yeah. So what would you say is your least favorite part of this movie? <sighs> That's a good question. I think my least favorite is the same as my least favorite part of the book, which is uh, when Ron and Harry have a dumb fight that doesn't come to anything. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time on them just getting mad at each other. And in this movie, it makes it clear that they're just getting mad at each other because they keep wearing that evil locket. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's, a, there's a, yeah, there's this thing where they, they're like talking to each other and like, oh, you should take that locket off now. And it's like, maybe no one should wear the damn thing, right? Yeah. There's a scene where uh, later on, Harry and Hermione are having like a kind of a moment 
and they both take off the locket and it's like, oh, everyone's happier when you take off the fucking locket, huh? <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. Maybe don't put it back on. No? Yeah? yeah. All right. I was a little disappointed. I was actually very disappointed by the wedding because it was a much bigger deal, I think, in the book. And it was supposed, I was excited to see it because the way they describe it in the books, it's just beautiful. They have these gorgeous tents and it's all magical and stuff, but they made it look, they made it look like a Weasley wedding in the movie. Like it was just kind of like shoddy and lower budget, which was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it was a scene that they, they included, but they, they clearly like kind of fast tracked it because they were trying to get on to the next thing. Yeah. I thought the I thought this when they went to go back to Godric's Hollow, I felt like that was pretty well done. Yeah, Godric's Hollow was. I remember we were. I commented on it. I was like, "This is a real like this village has like a really like distinctive look." Well, that's just know? what cities look like in England. I assume, yeah, mm-hmm. like they're all like little wizard towns, right? Yeah, they've all got about half an inch of snow all over everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I nothing nothing in particular stands out as like terrible to me. Though they're you know. I, I think the things that, that bothered me most were just like pacing problems. It was just like, okay, well, I'm kind of, there were a couple points and I just got, kind of got bored, but. And Harry and Ginny's lack of chemistry was so apparent. Like that scene where they're supposed to be making out at the beginning, it was just, it was so bad. And like the camera angle was weird too. Like it was at the point where I wondered if they deliberately shot it that way because the two of them just like looked terrible kissing each other because there's nothing there if you show their face then their faces are twisted and (laughs) (laughs) they're kind of disgusted yeah yeah they're just like mashing two pieces of cardboard masks against each other honestly think it might be a height thing yeah Yeah. they really just they they have to shoot it from a a weird angle yeah because they're because he's standing on a box and they don't want to make it look too weird that scene was really weirdly set up too. I think we we, all, we kind of commented on this like she's standing in the living room with her dress like open and she's like could you zip me up it's like that's a thing that you do in yeah. your bedroom. Why is she in the kitchen with her dress? What, what is happening here? It's just like, it, it, it felt like a, maybe they just had the set and they were like, well, this is where we have to do it. So some for some reason, she's in the kitchen. You know, I bet that's exactly it. That yeah. They had the set. They don't have a set for a room. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't want to have a, a, a set up a bedroom just for that one little 10 second, whatever. Right. Yeah. And also maybe it doesn't bug you guys, but she wasn't wearing a bra under there. That's I mean, weird. Yeah. I wouldn't wear a bra under it. Thank you, Micah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was up there, awkward she, she level. With keeper Weasley's Freezley. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you remember that weird thing they added in one of the movies where she tied his shoes for him, uh-huh. and you're like, "What? What's she gonna do what? down there, Jenny?" What's that about? Yeah. yeah, it was up there in terms of awkward. But and speaking of chemistry, like Ron and. Uh, Ron and Hermione's chemistry is feels a little awkward to me too. Just the the char- the the actors. So, how would you rank it? Among Best the yet. Best yet. Out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Wow. I actually would agree. I think this is. Uh, and, and, <laughs> you know, uh, keep in mind that the bar is very low. Like I, I don't, I can't remember liking any of the other movies up until this point, and this one I actually kind of liked. Wow, that's really surprising to me. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think this was good as the. Was the fourth one or something? Triwizard Tournament? Uh, yeah, that one was good. Yeah. Was it? I remember that one being confusing. They're all confusing. Yeah, well, this is the least confusing. I, At least the Triwizard Tournament was fun. And I still think I still think the first one has all the novelty and all the, the silly, zany stuff is what I like. Yeah, I... I the this movie was really grimdark, you know? I don't really... I don't really care about Voldemort, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I And, and you, you felt the same way about the books. You like the... 
you like the, the, the lightheartedness of the early books more than you Absolutely. like the, the dark. I, I, whenever I talk about Voldemort, I always think like, why don't you just ask the muggle prime minister to kill him with a predator drone, right? Yeah. How's he going to magic his way out of that? Bomb him. Oh, you know, Protego, something or another. Well, yeah, but like the, those things come out of the sky. You don't even know they're there. Right? Plockiest nucleus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's, that is a, a problem with, I think it's something we discussed, like, Voldemort is a very solvable problem. Like they treat him as like this ultimate evil thing, but like there are lots of ways to deal with Voldemort that don't involve Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Like if you if you for wizard culture reasons you have to duel him one on one, then you're hosed. But if you have like half a dozen wizards all attacking at once, yeah. Well, I think they did do a good job though of showing that it's not just Voldemort, but the entire wizarding world is getting worse. Like the Ministry has been taken over, and there's these random snatchers going around and taking people up and they're showing like through the the wireless and through the newspapers there's people being murdered and stuff so i think that did a good job establishing that it isn't just all about voldemort even though it does end up being all about <laughs> voldemort yeah. yeah i mean that in in the books at least it, it is clear that there are a lot of death eaters uh, in addition like voldemort's there but uh you know in the in a battle for hogwarts voldemort isn't there for almost all of it. It's really, really just all of his other, his, his army, basically. So he has, a, he has an actual army. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. I just, I find that stuff not that interesting. Yeah. I like the scene where the, the Horcrux said, what, told Ron what we've been telling him all along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't need you, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, the Horcrux is right. The Horcrux <laughs> is actually right. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. Uh, so, so Jeff, where do you rank this movie? Uh, I'd say, you know, middle of the pack. Yeah. I don't I forget where I put all of them, but I would say probably at least fourth or fifth best. Mm. Out of seven? Third or fourth best. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next time we're going to be watching Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two, and then we'll talk about it. And then we will be done with Muggles with Attitude. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anyone you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Podcast. Podcast.